One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome to Jetpacks, are overrated. Welcome to another Jetpacks are overrated. I'm Seamus Byrne. There's so much information in the world today that it is overwhelming to a degree that even the word overwhelming just doesn't quite capture the scale of what's going on. I love riding that fine line between lots of information and too much in my digital routine, so I appreciate that you always need to find ways to filter and structure big feeds into something more useful if you want to find meaning lurking inside. Having said all that, I only just heard about DataMiner a few weeks ago. It's a corporate information alert system, a real-time AI event and risk detection tool to help find out about anything important well ahead of the wider information curve. The DataMiner team actually reached out to ask about sponsoring an episode of the show, so I did some research and they walked me through a demo, and in the end I was excited to say yes and do an interview with the team. DataMiner is seriously impressive at generating valuable information from a current base of around 10,000 public data sources worldwide in many different languages. And as a journalist, I wish I had it at my desk pointing out things before they ever hit the news. I thought I was doing well tracking about 150 RSS feeds. As we'll discuss in the interview, DataMiner can pick up remarkably early indications of everything from incidents in public spaces to public health risks. Yes, even the coronavirus. I sat down with Ed Pullen, Regional Marketing Director for DataMiner, to discuss the product and the big picture thinking behind it, as well as how companies are learning how important it is to manage corporate risk. Even the things, especially the things, we didn't know we needed to know. Joining me for this discussion about all things data miner is Ed Pollen. He is the regional marketing director for the company. And look, Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Seamus, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, always like to start in the simplest place possible. What for you is the really sort of simple line to explain exactly what data miner is? Absolutely. So the, the simplest line I've got for you, um, data miner is essentially a leading AI platform that provides real-time alerts from publicly available information on high-impact events and emerging risks across the globe. So these real-time alerts enable organizations to identify 
uh, critical information first, uh, respond with confidence and manage crises more effectively. So, I mean, how long has it been around? Roughly when was it founded and what's it kind of, you know, what's the journey from there to today? Yeah, so we were founded in, in 2009. I know that because we recently celebrated our, our 10th, 10th birthday. Course, yep. <laughs> um, it was one of the last times I saw my colleagues in the office before we packed up and headed <laughs> home to... Uh, to work from home. So yeah, founded 10 years ago. Um, Ted Bailey was the founder. He's, a, he's still our current CEO um, and currently offices in seven cities across the world with over 600 staff. And yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time to be part of the business. Yeah, awesome. And so look, the product, you know, when we sort of went through a demo last week, uh, it, it could do so many things. So I'm curious sort of from your end of this, you know, who do you feel like are the t- key target customers for, for this product? Yeah, primarily the the target customers for us are those with a corporate risk remit. So that risk management space, primarily um, at a high level, chief security officers, um, group risk officers, CISOs, that layer. At the same time, though, we're we're seeing this diversify a little bit further into HR and people leads, uh, marketing specialists, uh, especially those that are focused around brand communications, and, and also journalists. So currently in over 650 newsrooms across the globe. And I guess from, a, from an industry perspective, it, it really is quite broad. So from finance, uh, manufacturing, telcos, uh, transport, retail, consumer, it really is quite broad. Yeah, look, I have to say, you know, from my experience again in that demo, I could just, my you know, brain was buzzing at the possibilities in newsrooms. So it's good to hear it's in so <laughs> many newsrooms around the world right now. Absolutely. Uh, Look, and I think there's a lot of products and I, I can kind of imagine there's probably some confusion in a sense, but it feels like, um, you know, there's a lot of social media type products like this that sort of, you know, just try to capture lots of things going on on social. So, you know, it seems like though there's a lot more hidden under that surface of what data miner is sort of capturing to try to create value out of. So, you know, um, can you talk a bit about, I guess, that sort of both the social, but then also those extra data sets that are hidden under the hood? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, undoubtedly, uh, social media plays a a really major role in what we do, but we really process over 10,000 different public data sources across a range of different formats. So in addition to social media, we're also streaming data from blogs and forums. So the likes of of Reddit, um, sensors, um, like maritime sensors, air travel sensors, whole range, uh, and also sort of more recently in expanding into new areas like sound-based data sets. Um, so, look, these data sets are continuing to, to increase um, and, and ultimately trying to support us in providing the most accurate and relevant alerts for our customers. Yeah. Um, look, again, there's a kind of a lot of social media type conversations out there. So, you know, what for you helps data miner to kind of cut through the noise and actually... I guess, you know, create that value out of, you know, just, you know, a thousand and one mentions of something. How do you kind of actually make sure that you're finding something that's going to actually help people make a decision? Yeah, look, undoubtedly, especially at a time like this when there are so many people sitting at home with not much to do, um, there is a lot of noise on social at the moment. But what separates us and and what we're specifically doing is detecting events uh, and first-person accounts from eyewitnesses on the ground in real time. And those Mm -hmm. social sources... um, plus our ability to leverage the platform, which we can we can talk to in a bit, help us detect patterns from within that data, but also the additional data sources that, that I just mentioned. And what that does is able enables us to sort of distill down further to identify what is what is fact and what is fiction. So 
we're not just focused on on one post, for example. Uh, it is a really sort of disparate data set that we're leveraging in real time to really pull out the, the facts, I suppose. I mean, stepping back to kind of, I guess, big picture type of thoughts on this, you know, what what from your company's perspective do you really feel like, you know, has is that value of the real time side of this information? Um, I guess particularly for big businesses, how you know how critical is getting that information as fast as possible? Yeah, I mean, the value is really uh, of of getting this information in real time, and especially when talking to global enterprises. I think from from a base level, you know, that that value is substantial, and to have access to the most accurate and current information in the face of a crisis or or a critical event, it really it's critically important. Um, for how that situation is managed by the organization. And, and what mm. we're trying to do is, is really enable organizations to, to close the gap. What we mean by that is those high-impact moments as they're occurring, we want to re- reduce that time between when they actually do occur and when the organization discovers them. Uh, and so that gap is where the real value lies. Um, and then on top of that, when you add in you know, a global layer to this, you know, managing disparate locations, people, your operations and, and brand across different countries. I mean, having accurate real-time information to make incredibly important decisions is, is invaluable. Yeah. And look, can we dig into the, the alert level system? I think it's definitely something that until you see it in action, people might not quite grasp what it's doing. Yep. And, you know, to me, it really kind of seemed interesting to sort of spot how, you know, out of all that stuff going on out on Twitter that, you know, that the data miner system is able to sort of really, you know, drill right down into where something might have even started. Um, but I guess turning that real-time sort of info into something that actually validates itself a bit more and, and makes somebody know that they can have confidence in what's being pulled out. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And look, I guess from a high level, um, so our AI platform processes billions of, of real-time public data units per day. And as I mentioned before, that's across uh, 10,000 different data sources in over 100 different languages. And uh, across an entire range of formats, so spanning text, uh, image, video, uh, sound, uh, machine-generated data. And the platform uses uh, artificial intelligence to perform trillions of incredibly fast computations on each of these specific data units. And all of that, uh, and all of those data sets become even more powerful again um, when, when combined together. So the, the end output uh, is, is the collection of, of that whole. And we've ultimately trained the, the AI models over the past 10 years as well, which means that um, it's learning to detect specific signals of mass sets of historical data combined with what's happening in real time. So there's a lot more than, um, than, uh, than just that one stream. Yeah, and look, I'm I have to, I'm a bit of a kind of history of tech nerd, and so I love kind of looking back on amazing moments where kind of tech has proved itself really valuable. And like, there's classic stories about how the Telegraph, um, you know, the original Telegraph proved itself valuable when it was delivering kind of breaking news about like the death of heads of state across the Atlantic. You know, um, I'm yeah, I'd love to know if you guys have any sort of big moment type stories where you feel like data miner has kind of proved itself to be valuable to customers um, ahead of news hitting that sort of, you know, wider curve. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a really defining moment um, that was, you know, was for us in particular for the local team in this region and coming to uh, the Melbourne market, we've only been part of the business for the last sort of six months plus, but you know, over the last 10 years, we've been part of some pretty pivotal moments, but for us, more importantly, um, it was probably delivering the, the earliest alert on COVID-19 from, from social media posts back in December. 
Um, so to, to add a little bit of colour around that, it was December 30th, um, 2019. Um, we had first-hand accounts of the virus posted in Chinese, I mentioned before, you know, translating a range of different languages. Um, but it started to circulate across um, social media sites uh, in that region. These range from you know, eyewitness accounts from inside hospitals to pictures of government officials disinfecting uh, seafood markets. Yeah, um, right. and, and so what the platform spotted was, as I mentioned before, that the pattern uh, and delivered the earliest alert um, to our clients at exactly 9-11 on December 30th. Um, and, and this alert was 11 days before, you know, sadly, uh, the first casualty in China. So that was a, an incredibly pivotal moment. Yeah, I think when we were chatting the other week, you said, uh, you know, your company managed to send you guys home uh, ahead of a lot of other companies, which I guess suggests that you had a pretty good sense of you. it was time to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, right after the, the 10th birthday. So, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were one of the first. Um, and so we're, we're very used to it these days. I mean, outside of that as well, though, there, there have been multiple other uh, world events and, and epidemics in particular that, that we've um, delivered the earliest alerts on. So, yeah, I mean, Ebola, Zika, the list goes on, but it's safe to say that, yeah, I mean, we, we've been part of, of some pretty pretty big moments. Yeah, that's that's really, really cool. Um, I mean, let's tackle that kind of, you know, a data question that always kind of lurks around this sort of stuff. You're scooping up lots of kind of data from lots of different sources. I think people get nervous when they hear that these days. Um, you know, they've been all taught bad bad thoughts from uh you know the bad actors out there yep. what you know what for for you guys you know how are you approaching these kinds of issues differently to others yeah i mean it, the this particular point i mean it's, it's pretty straightforward for us we're, we're tackling um publicly available data so in essence all the uh available data out there um is public um the difference is we're just making sense of that to help organizations find a needle in a haystack so Again, all publicly available and accessible. Mm. And look, I mean, yeah, a big picture kind of question really then on sort of the whole data industry in general. Mm. Yeah, I think people have heard of big data and it, like it's been a buzzword in in data industries for a long time. I think it's, you know, faded amongst a lot of the actual serious data people um, in recent years. But, you know, I mean, most people never quite grasp what it means. So, you know, with this kind of decade you know, uh, or, you know, what do you think this coming decade is going to do for companies and ordinary people when it comes to, you know, managing and using data in better ways? <laughs> yeah, well, look, whenever I make big predictions about these things, they tend to be wrong. <laughs> so um, I, I think, uh, you know, the next decade for big data, or, or as you mentioned, you know, it's, it's just data now. Um, the biggest factor is really going to be for both businesses and ordinary folks is just the fact that it's going to be everywhere all the time and, and really unavoidable. I think already we're at that point, but uh, over the, you know, the coming decade, that's only going to become more prevalent. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, and look, I think there's such kind of a, a, a great point there about, you know, when there's so much of it, how do you then, you know, turn vast tracts of all this unstructured public data into something that becomes useful that's like that's incredibly important right now right so you know how do you then give it enough structure to actually make it useful um but i guess not so much structure that maybe it becomes too prescriptive to people and you know not really helping them to just do what they need to do with it yeah i mean it's it's a good question but essentially what we're trying to do is take that unstructured information and give it meaning um so as an example, you know, say we identify a post on social media that there, there's a fire using other pieces of information, um, the platform's able to identify where that event is taking place. We're able to understand the severity of that fire by uh, finding additional posts, videos, you know, potentially different angles. Um, and we're able to then, in essence, provide a summary of that event and describe back to our users and our customers a baseline understanding of what's going on. And then over time, we're able to add to that uh, add additional information as it comes to light and provide start to provide a clearer picture um, to our customers. And so it's really important to us that we're not um, really editing any of that information. It is distributed and packaged in a way that's going to make sense. And you know, there are the essential elements of that. So you know, times, um, uh, locations, captions, images, anything that's available will be packaged up and distributed to, to customers in the form of alerts. It's, it's worth sort of touching on as well that those alerts can come in a whole bunch of different uh, facets. So whether it's through the desktop application, um, through mobile or email, um, depending on how the customer wants to take in that information, we're able to also work with them to, to find out what's going to be the best approach. Yeah, cool. And I mean, look, I think an awful lot of people this year, um, you know, it's like it's such a tricky year, but it feels like, a lot of companies are rapidly learning about corporate risk management and how to try to be, I mean, so many times I think, I think companies, you know, we sometimes only the first time we learn a lesson, we learn it the hard way. Um, but that idea of trying to get on the front foot for corporate mm. risk management is really tricky. So, you know, from your end, and I guess it's part of sort of your, your pitch at the moment is, you know, why does corporate risk kind of need to be so high priority, um, you know, I guess, in a climate like right now? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You don't really need to look too far, especially in this part of the world, to see, you know, major environmental uh, events that have dramatically disrupted uh, all you know, businesses of all, all shapes and sizes. So it's right here and... Um, you know, now more than ever, I mean, corporate risk uh, needs to be on the agenda of really every board meeting just to ensure that organisations are becoming more resilient and ready for what they may face in the future. Sure, we're learning lessons for what's happening in the past, but, you know, whether it's trying to um, define strategies to tackle these same challenges we face historically or, you know, predicting what may happen and, and ensure that you've got the right team and planning and strategies in place to tackle that as it arises. And it's, it's also really important that, you know, I think for a long time, risk has been um, put into into a silo, into into one function, 
um, to tackle everything from operations to, to how the business is running to a brand's reputation. Um, whereas now, you know, starting to see that um, that that um, it's being spread uh, more evenly across the function to sort of take away some of that um, siloed effect in, in one part of the business. Yeah, look, I mean, that's such a good point because it is something that, uh, you know, quite often in a business they think, it, you know, like they try to just make it one person or one department's problem to kind of think about this stuff. Um, so, you know, but every everybody kind of needs to be across this and that's what's becoming so clear in the lessons of the last few months. You know? So, I mean, do you have any sort of sense of, you know, are there specific departments that seem to be best suited or is it that it kind of needs to be much better spread out and like and how do you I guess how does data miners sort of help to make sure that everybody has visibility um, of this kind of stuff to make sure that it's being managed in the right way yeah I think it's probably two parts to that one absolutely that that sort of corporate risk piece and that risk management piece does need to continue to grow and evolve uh, as as we mentioned before, seeing those historical events, you know, how, how are they best shaping up to, to tackle the future? At the same time, we are seeing more increasingly other, other functions sort of taking on some of that responsibility. So as I mentioned, HR and people leads, you know, how you're transitioning a workforce into working from home, not in a couple of months or weeks, but, but a couple of days, yeah. um, how you're managing uh, your brand's reputation. Uh, across different parts of the world can't just be solely focused in one, one function. So, uh, enabling those individual functions to have more ownership control and, and be more aware of, of what's happening in real time. Yeah. And I mean, look, I have to say in sort of my wider work at the moment, I've been asked to kind of write a lot of articles around sort of business continuity planning and all mm. this stuff because it's like, I think some people hadn't even heard the acronym before in a sense, but now suddenly they realize this is, <laughs> this really matters. Um, but look, you know, putting sort of some of what I've had to experience aside, um, what's your sort of thinking on how corporate risk management is evolving in Australia right now? You know, are there any kind of key challenges or key barriers that sort of people are, you know, are struggling with? I think that the biggest challenge uh, or barrier is really having access to the right information at the right time to ultimately make the right decision. And that's the biggest gap that, that needs to be filled because what you can do with that information, if it's accurate and if it's, if it's timely, it, it empowers you to make those decisions in a much more concise and effective way. And so that, that gap truly is um, having access to the right information across whatever sources you need to acquire it from. Yeah. And I mean, look, you know, I, I feel like there's a kind of almost a serendipity type question here um, because, you know, it makes me think of that idea that you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, there's so many times that people, you know, let's say you're setting up media monitoring or you're setting up uh, social media monitoring, you're kind of looking for keywords that you already think you need to be keeping an eye on, but you're not mm. necessarily watching for other things that come out of the blue. So it, it kind of does make a lot of sense that, you know, the kind of service that you guys offer does let things kind of appear that you wouldn't have otherwise even considered might have the potential to impact on on the things that you do need to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, putting that information into the hands of, of, uh, of your organisation and different parts of the organisation. So again, allowing them regardless of what direction it's coming from to have the information to, to make the right calls yeah um so you know how do you see businesses adapting at the moment you know with this kind of heightened risk landscape yeah i think 
finding ways to access that information so across the right sources so whether it's technological or whatever source that is 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 critically important the second piece is uh, implementing strategies to manage risk and becoming more resilient across all parts of the organization and i mean like i said before how many organizations back in january um, would have been planning to mobilize their, their workforce to be in their homes uh, in such a rapid pace. So we're not sure where they're going to come from. I think it's about building a resilient business, um, having the conversations and being ready uh, for when these things do happen happen next time. Yeah. Um, So, you know, do you have any good examples of, you know, how data uh, data miners, you know, supported businesses in the past or, you know, how people can actually kind of, you know, if they're thinking about getting their hands on this, how they use it to manage and mitigate their risks? I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, we're working with, a, I mentioned at the start, we're working with a whole bunch of different uh, organisations across a whole bunch of different um, uh, industry sectors, and you know, including the likes of Dyson, uh, Vodafone, you know, locally, MBN, Sky News. Um, there's some really great but disparate um, use cases. And so yeah. uh, it's, it's very broad, but to sort of level it down a little bit, uh, an example would be one of our large pharmacy clients at the moment is leveraging data miner alerts to track supply issues in real time and specifically around stock levels uh, of key products on the shelves. And um, that's coming from eyewitnesses taking pictures and literally uploading and, and you know, us doing our work to identify where these where these stock challenges are coming from um, relating to what we're seeing at the moment with instances of panic buying. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like MBN jumps out as somebody who, again, you sort of think, oh, it's a tech company, but then it's like they're a, a company that has to send people out on site and therefore there'd be all kinds of, you know, physical challenges that could come up at short notice or weather or all kinds of things. So, yeah, like it just, it jumps out as an example. You think there's a lot more that they do need to worry about that would be hard to keep track of. Yeah, well, Absolutely, especially in this time. I mean, businesses adjusting their security efforts to protect a workforce that's now more disparate than it ever has been mm. before. And, uh, you know, case in point, there, there are plenty of examples of, of organisations just need to, to rethink this. Uh, and you know, I don't think that there'll be many businesses left in the same situation again, not thinking about it, but it is, you know, these examples are becoming more and more prevalent and giving us those really clear examples to reference for, for how we set up for the future. Yeah. So, you know, I guess what's the focus of ongo- ongoing development of the product? You know, is it, data visualization or is it finding more data sources or is it kind of you know improving the ai or machine learning that's going on behind the data you know what do you think what do you think data miner i guess is getting right right now and then what's the next problem that it's trying to solve (laughs) yeah there are a lot of really smart people doing some really smart things here um (laughs) which is really exciting to see but i think what we're really getting right uh is just a relentless focus really on, on improving the platform we're constantly hearing of amazing new updates and these are really focused on just making sure that the platform is getting better and better for our customers. Um, one one area that we, we've been speaking about recently is moving from that 10,000 data sets that I mentioned to 100,000, um, which will ultimately give users just even more value from the product and, and really help support us to be ensuring that we're um, telling the, the, the right story every time. Cool. So, you know, I mean, any final thoughts? You know, what excites you most about being part of data miner and the road ahead. Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy over the last uh, six months. I think the things that really um, excite me, it's just being part of an organisation that's doing such critical work during um, some some pretty pretty huge world events that uh, that we've seen recently. 
and you know to be able to have that impact is really humbling um and you know for me it's, it's certainly the reason why i get out of bed in the morning and uh you know, it's exci- really excited to be part of the journey thanks again to ed pullen regional marketing director for data miner this has been jetpacks are overrated i'm seamus Byrne. And this is part of the Bite Side Podcast Network. You can catch this and all the other podcasts at biteside.com or search Biteside in your podcast apps and you'll find all of the different shows. We'll catch you again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.